Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, and here we are. Uh, what are we now? Episode, what is this? I was going to ask you. I don't know. I never know. <laughs> I think it's uh, <laughs> hmm, 51 or 52. I think it's 52. Uh, yeah, 52. Uh, I wrote down episode 51 last week and had zero notes. Um, so this is the longest episode. <laughs> yeah, welcome to it. Uh, we're, we're in the middle of, uh, I guess, a little uh, bit of a break from the tour. I opened last week with... Um, um, some thoughts about Tahoe and the fires closing in. And it seems like uh, that's going to be canceled. Nothing official yet, but the air quality index in that region is some of the worst in the world right now. Um, Gorge looks like it's still happening. There's a lot of uh, of frantic posting online, people panicking, not knowing what's going to happen, which sucks. I mean, put all that effort in, you made all that time to put in the plans and the money and all that stuff. So we know what that's like, I suppose. But yeah, have you had a chance to listen to more of the first leg? I'm caught up. I haven't. Uh, up. Oh yeah, I was caught up. I was just the second. Um, I just needed to listen to the second set of the last night. Okay, but by caught up means you've listened to all of it once through. Yes. Oh gosh. Okay, I'm going back around again because um, I want to refresh myself and sort of uh, reacquaint myself for the first part of the tour. Um, yeah, it's hard, right? I can't, uh, I'm not allowing myself to be, to be myopic because I need to continue to grow as a musician. So I need to listen to other stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm actually happy to take this time to listen to other stuff because when they get back on, I think there's going to be lots to listen to in the last leg. Yeah, you reminded me about a conversation I had with Grace yesterday. She was sad a lot. And uh, when we talk about those emotions, those feelings, that in order for you to feel happy, you have to feel sadness, right? You have to have one with the other. So I think uh, a bit of a, a bit of a break and a, a bit of um, a perspective seeking mission and coming back is always is always good. So yeah, I definitely um, noted down some bands we we're talking about the other day that I'm excited to maybe go check out and see what they're all about. Have you spent any time listening to Goose? Oh, I love Goose. You do, yeah. That's a band I don't know. A, ton about uh or 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 i you know i don't know a lot of their stuff but the little bit that i've heard makes me go yeah these guys are something that i want to spend more time listening to this is um and I, and again i'm i you know the 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 two people listening after i say this are probably going to stop listening uh which is fine but goose is one of the only jammy bands i don't even think you can really call them that that uh, I think sounds unique enough to continue to check out, right? The other ones, I, I, I just hear too much fish, you know, and I'm, and I'm guilty of it and like the music that I play too, because I want to play like Trey. Yeah, okay. You know? Well, um, I mean, I guess I would give it time, right? Bands, bands, bands evolve and change and get new players and old players leave and- um, 100%. 100%. You know, so 100%. yeah, I got a nice little healthy list I'm going to be checking out. It, it seems to be that if you're going to be in a jam band, uh, you have to have an animal in the in in your name. <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. Well, but. Uh, no, a disco biscuit. 
okay, sure. And, and I guess string cheese, but just some of these up and coming bands that uh, we got from the guys the other day. So Goose, being already we're, we're talking about uh, pigeons playing ping pong. Ever heard of them? Goose. Okay. Uh, dogs in a pile. No. You have to send me the list. I want to. I want to check these guys out. So Aaron said the other day, "Dogs in a pile" is a band that he'd be willing to fly across the country to. See. Dogs in a pile, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Dogs. Hold on. I'll I'll add it right now to my Spotify. Yeah, we'll get in there a little bit later. But yeah, I'll we'll have to check out some of that. But yeah, but in the meantime, I'm going back through. I'm on, um, I think I'm on the Sunday night of Alpharetta now, which I think was what, August 1st? Yeah, I just started Tweezer. As a matter of fact, I got uh, a thir 32 minutes to go in Tweezer. So that'll be my drive home tonight. Most of it, my drive's only 40 minutes now. So that's one track pretty much. That's pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to that. That's sweet. Um, yeah, just as we logged on, I was playing uh, Beneath the Sea of Stars from the last night of the tour, and um, yeah, really, really nice tune. So I'm going to keep listening to that and checking it out. Um, I, have a, I have a post that I want to read you that I left at pretty, pretty good today. Let me get into my saved. It's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek article that I'll uh, read to you. Yes. Is it, is it funny that uh, Dogs in a the Pile, they have one official release? And the album is called Not Your Average Beagle. Not Your Average Be Beagle? Beagle, like the dog. Yeah, nice. Nice, nice. Um, so this is a really, really funny post. That's actually 634 upvotes, which on the um, Fish Fan page is actually quite a bit, believe it or not. Yeah. So the title is Fish Fan Prefers 410-2009 Version of Wife Telling Him to Get a Fucking Life. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> from Effingham, New Hampshire. Fish, fish devotee Pete Sellner was told by his wife yet again last week to get a fucking life, which pales in comparison to previous verbal assaults over their 19-year relationship, particularly to the insult levied on April 10th, 2009. I hear it all the time from her. It's kind of a staple in the set, said Sellner. This time was good, but the absolute best ever was the April 09 version. I remember I'd just done some whippets and was settling into a super heady Prague era from 89 on the front porch. She warmed up with a fairly standard, did you pay the water bill? And then, I don't know if it was the shampoo in her hair or what, but that transition into get a fucking life just floored me. Even those outside of the fish fandom know about the legend of that 410-2009 showing of contempt. I've lived next door to them for 15 years, and I don't think I ever heard her sound like she did that day in April, said neighbor Nadia Smikowski. On the same note, I also don't think I've gone a week without hearing him or one of his dirty buddies yell out, page side, rage side on the front porch. What's he call people like that? A wook? He's a wook for sure, I think. I don't know, man. I'm from Wisconsin. New England is weird. For Selfner's wife herself, it's, <laughs> it's a memory less fond and a dynamic less confusing. Oh yeah, that one was pretty gnarly, unfortunately, said Jamie Selner. I had a four hour meeting at work about proofreading procedures only to come home and find out mid shower that Pete flaked on paying the water bill. Some people might argue that any of the times I've told Pete to go fuck himself sound exactly the same, but if you really listen, there are small improvised differences. It's nuanced and each time it's a personal experience. Listeners also report Jamie's most recent version of I'm so glad we never had kids sounded a little flat when compared to her premiere performance at a Marriott in Providence, Rhode Island on 7-7-2016. I bet it's written like a news article. Yeah, that's what's so that's what's so good about it. Um, yeah, really, really funny. I, uh, I, um, 
I don't know there's much to say about that I just got a really really good kick out of it and just sort of speaks to I guess kind of what we talked I think two weeks ago we were talking about the yumming or the yucking my yum and the criticism uh, is the thief of joy and all this other stuff and just people having having their favorite versions and being able to go back on it it's part of part of our community and part of what makes it kind of fun but good nevertheless it's also it's different right like yucking yucking your yum when you are neglecting man i'm like a i'm like a narc today when like uh you're 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 ducking the responsibilities of a relationship that you've entered with you know i think is justified at times hmm. <laughs> yeah. um so yeah. yeah funny stuff um you sent me a thread too people are arguing with me uh that fish is not um, that fish is not funk on another music thread. So thoughts on this. So I read through some of the comments. So when you first sent that to me, I think when I, when fish comes up uh, out in the ether and people ask what they're like, funk comes into it. I don't describe them as a funk band. Like I kind of say they're, you know, a melting pot of all kinds of different styles, styles of music. You'll hear some, it mostly rock. You'll hear some funk. You'll hear a little bit of this. Um, What's your thought? I mean, they, they really got into the Cal Funk stuff in what, 96, 97. That really has carried carried their sound for a long time. You know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I mean, every time you have a band that created a movement, it sounds like fish, right? It sounds like fish. And you're right, those are elements, but fish is not a funk band. They play funk, right? But, uh, you know, and, and, and even if you were to ask like, you know, like if you listen to Sly and the Family Stone or if you listen to James Brown, like that's fun. Like that's what those guys play. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and I would even argue that that Fish's funk is not like that. They have their own take, right? Like that's the, that's one of the things that's made them. One time Trey described Fishman as being able to, you know, take a beat and to kind of put it through this filter and play it excellently, but still make it sound like John Fishman is playing the beat. I think that describes the whole band, you know, like fish will play uh, like a cow funk, like what the, who, what other band would you ever use cow funk? And now what are they calling? They're calling it synth. What's 4.0 synth. Well, we call the space funk. Well, not we call the space funk, but we, uh, I had seen that and brought it up and right. it's not very synth heavy with, with. Paper. Right. So the reason that people are creating these terms is because there's no words that exist what you're hearing because it sounds different. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. right so no fish is in a funk band uh they play elements of funk but the sound is fish yeah i think one of the comments that kind of um summed it up for me was that uh they're not an acapella or they're not an acapella group either right they exactly exactly yeah from time to time but it does mean that's what they are um yeah but i do like the funk i like oh, the I funk it. you know there's certain songs like ghost it's funky wolfman's brother can get pretty funky um, I miss, I actually miss, it's one of the things that I miss from the, from the late nineties. I miss the loops mm. and, uh, I miss the, the, the funk centric jams. Okay. You know, like, uh, I, I particularly enjoyed some of the, the tweezers that are really slowed down and moody, but they're still funky as hell. Mm. Mm. So. All right. We'll see if we get a little bit more of the funk action coming our way. Um, no, what they're doing is great, right? Like, I don't need to hear it. I just, I, I appreciated hearing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fair enough. Um, and there was another one. And this one was sort of a bit sad, but um, 
really popular thread too. Which or what fish song would you want played at your funeral? What, best comment, hands down. What's the use? <laughs> yeah. Just imagine everybody sort of standing around listening to that song. Well, like, <laughs> the name of the song, though. What's the use? Of course. Like you're here to celebrate somebody's life. What's the use? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that first comment really got what they were saying about it. Um, the curtain, please me, have no regrets. Yeah. What's the first song that came to mind for you? There's Dirt, another comment. Makes sense. Death don't uh, hurt very long. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny. It's not, um, it's not, uh, it, it's interesting how people, I was interested in how people thought about it because I don't, think about the lyrics or making a joke, I think about the emotions that the songs evoke mm -hmm. and how I would want my life to be remembered, mm -hmm. right? By the, by the sounds, you know? And, and I, I don't know, I think, it, I think I would have to pick something like you enjoy myself, yeah. you know? Yeah, there are times in that song that, like we talked about it last week and how, you know, uh, that last version, it's not that it, it needed winning over, but it really won me over again, I guess you could say. Yeah, there are, there are some really, there's a story in that song, right? And it weaves a tale. And I think if anybody were to sort of sit down in that, in that mindset, in that frame with you sitting in a casket or whatever is going on, well, listening to that song, knowing you the way they know you, yeah, I think that would hit the spot. My only other experience with playing music at a funeral was uh, my buddy Sean out of Newfoundland who passed away, the one with the big record collection. And yep. um, they asked me to make a playlist of all of his favorite songs and stuff to play at his, and it, was, it wasn't a funeral, it wasn't a stuffy thing, it was a surprise death and he was a young guy, but definitely a younger crowd for a funeral because of that. And there wasn't a proper service. And then I did find um, nobody was paying attention to that music. Nobody. <laughs> he was playing. Nobody was nobody was listening to it so so um, my experience when my father-in-law uh passed away uh Rochelle's stepdad rhubarb he was you know part of his identity was being a big music lover uh particularly pink floyd okay. so there was uh i've heard of them, heard of them. They're, they're yeah, yeah 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 they have one or two songs that are really good um uh and it was uh it was the playlist was pink floyd and because we were there the whole day right for like the visitation and stuff like that and and, and meeting with people oh man those songs still like wish you were here shine on you crazy diamond yeah. you know like i still hear that song on the radio and it's like you're taken it's it was powerful man mm. so i think you know again with this stuff like it's not about connecting with everybody. It's about connecting with the people who you want to connect with properly, right? We don't want to go wide. We want to go deep. Hmm. I think it's just the philosophy on life, right? I think if you're trying to please everybody, I think you're lost. Um, you know, I think, I think, I think having, I think going deep is always better for everything, right? It's like fish. Who cares? Who cares if we don't have a best-selling record? We have, you know. 10 to 25,000 people who adore the shit and probably more than that, but we have, you know, a hundred thousand people that adore the absolute shit out of us and will follow us around the country and care about every note so much so that they fight about it. Yeah. Which fans would you rather have? Yeah. Yeah. It's just pretty crazy when, you know, when you kind of put it in that context, like, I mean, you know, to be back it up at any bigger step, it's all made up. It's all whatever. It's just whatever. But yeah, to have that sort of, 
fanatical fandom that really cares that much passionately uh, with the 1.0ers versus the 3.0ers and all these different opinions all it's pretty amazing to evoke that kind of reaction out of people just well, you buddy you heard it and you said it so for those maybe listening to this one we sat down with just unbelievable crew from no simple road last week you know and listening to their stories you know aaron's story of like you know, feeling, you know, it just connects with you the right way. And it, 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 it does something to you that, that nothing else has ever done. There is not a fish fan who actually likes the band that has not had that moment where they're like, I don't know, man, something just spoke to me like nothing else ever did. Yeah. No, and you don't write, you don't write pop songs that do that. You gotta go deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. We're, we're, we're going to drop that episode in the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, it was a great conversation speaking with him. And um, when he spoke about his experience, his first dead show in 1989, that really set him on a path of becoming a deadhead. And then not really thinking that that experience could be replicated again. And for him, it was with a fish show. Um, you know, uh, really, really amazing. And the way his wife, Mel, has really gotten into fish and, and the moment they had over that music, this is, it's, it's incredible. I'll wait for everybody to listen to it and hear it, but really excited. So on that, you know, with that, it, uh, I have those experiences very often. They're a little bit different, very often listening to fish. And, you know, you brought up the part about like, oh, you know, every once in a while I would send you, you know, a, a YouTube link or, hey, check this out. I was just having that experience and I was like, shit, man, I got to share this with somebody. Like Rochelle didn't care. You were the closest thing I had. I was like, well, I just want somebody to hear what I'm hearing right now. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is funny, right? Like that it's just that you you want it. It's a whole point of why we're doing this. We want to enjoy this with other people. Yes. We, you know, we know how good it feels. And it's uh it's um and it's tough because again, when I was reading through some comments, I don't know what thread it was. I think it was the funk thread thing. And uh this person said, um, I think it's a waste of time talking about fish with normal people. <laughs> so I'm paraphrasing that quote, but I thought like, yeah, I feel that way a lot. I work, not I work hard, but I really want people that claim to love music and, you know, all this other stuff to check out this band. And it's a hard thing to get them to do. Like people just don't want to see me do it. I can't get the guy who plays an instrument. I text him just about doing a quick little zoom. I want to play him a song and get a reaction and record it. And just because I think it would be fun because he knows and loves music and can sing yeah. the whole thing. And I can't get him for a half an hour on a zoom call from the comfort of his own living room to do it. <laughs> so I don't know. My, my flip question to that is, is it easier to get people to who listen to fish to listen to other types of music? Like, do you think that if you, because I, for whatever suggestion you make about a song, I'm, I listen, I listen to everything because I just want to hear, right? I just, I, I could be, I don't want to miss, I don't want to die having missed out on something musically amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if the same applies to other fish fans. I'm sure. I mean, well, we just sort of talked about the melting pot that is their music. It's got elements of every genre. And I think, you know, and even me, I think about the early times when I was really, really getting into it. I, I didn't really gravitate towards the, again, I still call them the hoedown songs, the more country sounding songs. And now they're some of my favorites. Like, you know how much I love The Scent of a Mule. Um, Possum is awesome. I, I kind of put Runaway Jim into that category early on. Uh, yep. But I love those songs. Um, that might make me a little bit more open to listening to some bluegrass or country if it was recommended by somebody who I respected yeah. their musical opinion of. 
I'm probably not going to do it if it's just a diehard country fan recommending me a country band. You know what I mean? So I wonder. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, to I totally agree. See, to me, it was nothing new because the country was around at least like the country that I listened to. I always listened to old country since I was a kid. I loved like Willie Nelson and, and bluegrass because of the dad mostly for, for bluegrass. That's why I find modern country so goddamn offensive. Mm. You know, I'm like, this is nothing. It's just pop rock, like, right? Like, yes, it's pop, it's pop rock. And it's got, you know, some country twang to it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think you could argue that Trey's one of the better country players. Hmm. Yeah, but I would imagine that, you know, a fish fan would be a lot more open. If you, if you read comments about posts and the different music that people are into when those discussions come up about recommending other bands and different things, there's a, there's a ton there. There's a ton of differences, but there's a lot of the, again, like the bands that I just read off to you, the unheard of unknown secret, like you got to keep an eye on these guys type of bands. You don't see fish fans recommending, you know, Kings of Leon. I don't know why I picked them or Foo Fighters. It's always in that realm. So they're, open to it, of, but they're still cornered in that, in that world. In I that think that's part world. of your identity though, right? You, yes. you kind of take, pride in in the fact or at least a little bit of ownership in the fact that you're doing something that most people aren't right that's kind of like cult statuses mm -hmm. you know like like it's like for cult movies you know you're recommending a racer head but nobody you know and and that's where like the i don't know man that's where like the pretension comes in you know like why why would i go see you know a james cameron movie which is awesome Sure. Right. But I need to go see like this weird movie that like nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. It's like the hipster mentality, you know? Yeah. And I'm trying to think there's a, there was a time in my life where I approached a lot of things that way. Um, Me too. Me too. You know, and I wonder in hindsight, why, what story was I telling myself? What was I really doing there instead of just, you know, I was seeking things out to be different, to be the one, the only one in the group that knew of that band, that knew of that movie. Um, yeah, but then it's interesting, right? Because then when you meet somebody that is, you're drawn to them and there's excitement. You're like, oh good, somebody else gets this. Mm -hmm. But if too many people get it, it's not good. Mm -hmm. you know? right. <laughs> it's so weird. It is weird. And you remind me of the Tragically Hip in a very indirect way. So. I, for the most part, during the course of my life, I've never really been a huge fan of the Tragically Hip. I kind of yeah. always looked at them like, if they're really that good, if they're really that good, why doesn't anybody outside of our country know who they are? You know, like, because I've always sort of maintained that you can only keep a great oh, down for so long before gosh. others will catch on. Yeah, you can listen to their albums and see their shows. They're a great band. They were really, really talented, really, really good. And they yeah. definitely have a place in Canadian history. Yet I just never got it and never really thought they were as good as others thought that they were because of that. Just because of the fact they never caught on anywhere else. I think part of that might be living in Canada, so influenced by the U.S. It's almost like a benchmark. Like if, a, like if an artist, a band, a, an actor, whatever can make it in Hollywood or on that scene, we as Canadians kind of take pride. Like we know who all the famous Canadians are. And the Tragically Hip were one of these bands where they never became super, super famous outside of Canada. They were on Saturday Night Live once when Dan Aykroyd hosted from Kingston and influenced them being the band on that night. But they just never really, really got there. 
what like i don't know it's just so, uh i think there's i think there's two things it's really interesting and we're seeing it now uh and definitely you know not let's let's be apolitical but i i've seen not with the current u.s president but with the previous u.s president mm-hmm. um there was, there was a lot of non-canadian behavior by canadians towards americans you know i'm i'm i i'm really disappointed in a way in 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 canadians because there's a lot of stuff happening in canada right now that is not canadian in my opinion like do you remember when we could just like disagree with people and and we could still be canadian and and have a conversation about it and 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 everything would be okay mm-hmm. so i I don't think these things just spread up overnight. I think they've been there all along. So I have always thought there was some level of distaste in the majority of Canadians for people who got too big outside of, of Canada. So I think, the, I think in a way what you're saying about the hip not becoming big, I, I think for some people that's one of the reasons why they've maintained the fervor for the tragically hip because they're true Canadians. They haven't been you know, influenced you know, God forbid by the horrible people that live south of the border because they're different than we are up here, right? I'm yes. being sarcastic. Of course, I love my American brothers and sisters. You guys are awesome. You're just people like the rest of us. Yeah, 100%. And, and look, what we see in the news and the media, it's a loud minority. Let's be real, right? I, I agree. The I agree. Vast, vast majority of people south of the border are great, good people. And we have so much in common. It's, it's yeah, to your point. But you make me think, I mean, I don't know much about the tragically hip in terms of their inner workings and how many opportunities and decisions were made over the years to maintain what they ended up doing. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they could have signed with this label for that opportunity and that big U.S. push and just decided not to for whatever reasons. Who knows? Now, I will say, though, I will say, because we are talking about the hip, though, I do, I do think that the tragically hip are the sound of Canada. You know, like for lack of better terms, you have a, it's a classic rock band, right? The songs are, are much more easily digestible than Rush, mm-hmm. right? It's not progressive rock, it's Weed Kings. It's a one, four, five progression, yeah. you know, written by a band that definitely has a distinct sound mm-hmm. that would remind people of, you know, summertime and, and camping and, and all of that stuff that we grew up doing. So in, in a way, I understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, interesting. I don't know why that came up, but uh, that's what that's what it's all about. I might have to go listen to them and give them another shot. I listened to them a lot around the time that Gordowney died, to be honest with you, just because, you know, it was in the news and it was really, really influential. But uh, yeah, it, it, for me, they get filed under the, I understand why people like them, but I don't actively seek out. Like we play a couple of dead songs or a couple of uh, hip songs because the guys in the band really wanted to play the hip. I'm like, great, I'll learn the hip. Like there's nothing, I'm not like, oh my God, I hate this music. And if you're going to play to a Canadian bar crowd, yeah, you almost have to, right? It's like, uh, it's like if you're going to play an American band at a bar, you probably have to have a Springsteen song in there. You, probably, you know, you, you, they're just different things that you kind of have to do. What, what two songs are you guys doing? Weekings? Uh, Grand two, and uh, we played around with Weekings a little bit. Okay, yeah, yeah. Grace two is a good one. Very, very good. How's the band doing? Great. We played our first live gig last weekend. Yeah, we went. Uh, we had like a friends and family, so it's it's nice. We played them in the bass player's backyard, and like people came, and it was a big test for me. Right, I was like, okay, I'm completely encapsulated here. I don't think we sound bad. 
right? Like in my mind, I'm like, I think we sound not bad to okay. Okay. Right. The, the, the biggest concern was my singing voice. Cause I, I don't think I'm a great singer at all. Mm. Um, so we played there and the two opinions that mattered the most to me were my father's who was nothing but honest with me my whole life, which is, I think now growing up as a parent, I'm like, okay, that's an important perspective to have. And my wife's who is supportive yet honest, right? And they were both like, so classic, you guys, you'll understand, people listening, if, if they're still around through the tragically hip and they're still listening. So this is what happened. So we played, um, one of the covers that we played was uh, another brick in the wall. Okay. And who's that by? Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Pink Floyd, come back to Pink Floyd. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's like 10, 12 people there and people are clapping and, 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 and then I look out in the audience and, it, and my, my dad has his hand up. <laughs> Bogdan has a question. <laughs> he has a hand up. <laughs> and I, I, I stop and... and, and wait, 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 like, wait, wait, wait. You stopped in the middle of the song? Like you no, stopped. the song was over. People oh, were clapping. Okay. Okay. Yeah, people were clapping. I look up and, and, he's, and, he's, and his hand is up. Uh -huh. And I go... Yes. <laughs> and he goes, I have a correction to make. Oh, really? <laughs> and I, now I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm like, yes, dad. You know what Mark Twain said, huh? He said, I will not let my education get in the way of my learning. You need to learn. <laughs> I'm like, I go, I go, thanks. I go, thank you. I go, the only man that comes to somebody else's first concert and decides and then decides that he's going to interrupt the band. I'm like, we need to go see fish. This is what I told him, legit in front of everybody. I go, we need to go see fish and sit in the front row. And then when Trey's done, you need to put your hand up and you need to tell him what you think. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> but after the show, he was like, I go, so what did you think? Because I was driving him home because he wanted to have a couple drinks. I'm like, what do you think? He goes, you guys were good. He goes, you were good. And good from that man means, okay, like now, you know, let's, let's make a better go. Let's actually, uh, let's actually open things up. So the next plan, and you can more than come if you want, yeah. is to do the same thing, have an outdoor like concert, maybe like in September sometime and just invite more people and have a good time. Cause like people want live music in Canada and you can't have live music. Yeah, man, I'll be there. I'll be there. You let me know. Sure. Do you have a name yet? I guess we're sticking with Equinox, the band. Equinox, the band? Yeah. You're not going to use Zoo, X-O-O? -O. No. And, 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 and all because of we all drove Equinoxes. So there you go. Yeah. You go. Influenced by General Motors. Really, man? Okay, oh. nobody will know because that car's discontinued anyway. Don't worry about it. There's nothing rock and roll about that. Okay, you're going to have to get, I mean, now this podcast is going to be out there. So when you guys get big and famous, somebody will find this. But I think you need to come up with a better story as to why you're called Equinox. Isn't like the summer Equinox the longest day of the year in terms of the amount of sunshine or something? Like, can't you spin that into like, yeah, man, we're bringing more rays of light. And that's a very Fish 3.0 thing, but I don't know. Well, uh, well it's cool. I'm glad you're having fun doing it. And it's, uh, it sounds like it's something that you're really looking forward to and you're getting a lot out of. Yeah, I've needed, um, I've needed, you know, like other people, there's been moments and there's continues to be moments where what's happening in the world right now is very heavy and hard. And it's just nice to have, uh, it's nice to have outlets like fish shows and doing podcasts with your buddies and, and, you know, stuff where you can just let it rip and give her. Yeah. Um, you just you kind of reminded me, we were going to talk about it going into last week. So we never did, but what you're talking about right now and this feeling that you have is 
I never needed you like this before. Right. And how that that's been the theme. Yes, that yes. was the theme of the first leg of the tour, right? They took that song, opened the tour with it, went from there to like a second set. It's really jumped around. I I think it was the only song that was played four times. It was definitely played three. Did they play it four? What's been the most played? Has it been Bathtub Gin? Did you do that one four times? Uh that was that was a three. Um, I really should have these stats down. I meant to uh, go through. But knowing you, I'm surprised you don't. What's that? I said, knowing you, I'm surprised that you don't. Right. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with me, man? Nothing's wrong with you. I'm just surprised right. that you don't. Clearly, I'm, I'm uh, joking. Um, what did we miss so far, though, while I look this stuff up? Like, there's, there's still some pretty big tracks that haven't been played yet. Still no Julius, right? Yeah, I don't know how big of a song Julius is. I think they've had all like the major ones. What's an you know, album somebody, opener? It's 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 uh. Some somebody started a thread on that on like what hasn't been played. I th you think you could argue they've played everything. So I never needed you like this before. Played three times. Opened uh, the first show, July twenty yep. in Arkansas. The second one uh, was from August sixth, Deer Creek, and that was second set closer. And then the most recent one was the Saturday night of Atlantic City. And that was the second set opener. Yeah. So here's what I find interesting about that. There's a couple of things. Number one, I think this is really revealing um, in terms of how, how the band, or at least Trey, whoever's calling the songs, works a song around, right? Like um, there's a lot of excitement. Like look at the places that it occupied. It occupied the tour opener to usher in a new era of the band. It was a set closer, which is typically a high energy, right? Yeah. The first set always typically, unless it's like, unless they're having a rough night or they play the Scorpion Coil, always ends on a bang. And then they open the second set with it. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I think they're trying to, I think they're, they're, and it sounded to me like when they played at the start of the second set that they wanted to turn into more. They just weren't feeling it that night. Yep. Yep. It'll happen. Um, yeah, but it's definitely one. I mean, we you called it out weeks ago that you're really, really excited to hear that, hear the whole band play it after he had done it solo at I think SPAC. Um, it was a great call. I mean, it, it's uh it's definitely a track that's a track that's growing on me. Um, I was listening to the one only time they played Thread the other night. That's a great, that's a great track too. Gotta hear more of. Uh really, really good. Um we haven't, I don't think we've had a Gaiuti yet, have we? We haven't had a Gaiuti. I'm thinking about like the bigger songs, like especially the 3.0 songs that, that typically have more jams. But we had a we had a Mercury. Uh, it was a shorter Mercury, but we had a Mercury. Yeah. Uh, um, we haven't had. I'm just trying to think of like the guitar songs. Like I'm. I think we've had everything to be honest. You think so? Yeah. I'm. I'm hoping. I'm hoping now that they're looser. I'm hoping that we get a little bit more new stuff in the uh, at the Gorge and at. Uh, at Dick's. I want to hear a new song that's awesome. I haven't heard a new song that's awesome. Yeah, we, we, we heard Maul, which was uh, a once over. They haven't come back to it yet. Um, and then the other one, the um, I just heard Unconventional something or something like that. Let me see here. I'm just looking for the song. It again. I heard it again on the radio. Oh, uh, geez. 46 days, 555. Um, <laughs> Some covers missing, of course, that we haven't really heard. Day in the Life. Uh, haven't heard Alaska yet. 
that's a great one alaska in alaska um yeah either way i mean we got what three what, what's it take tuesday we got three days till until the gorge friday, friday night, sure. assuming assuming it all happens uh we're zero for 14 on calling our openers so um do you want to do you want to make a bold claim now no i'm gonna let it ruminate for a bit okay you're gonna sit on that one well um, when you when you start with something like that that means that you already have some ideas so what are you thinking oh boy um hmm. i think i don't know i like i think party time party time Party's a great opener man yep and then you open up with party time i also enjoy uh i also enjoyed mellow mood as an opener mm. mm -hmm. uh, i think that song's just awesome when they play it um I'm just looking through the list here to see if there's anything we didn't hear lengthwise darn um the only john fishman credited recording in fish history yeah no life boy it's a good one that is a good one uh, limb by limb we got a couple times yep we got the slow llama mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what man i would love to now that you're reading that i'm like what song would i love to hear right now in this moment i would uh if they were playing and they were stepping out on stage i would lose my shit if they played the mama dance to start yeah um it's been a while since they've i, I should know they opened up with mama dance once on the tour i think it was the second yeah. show they was did it? of course of course they did yeah, I think it was the second show. So yes, you're not going to hear that for a little bit, but um, yeah, that's always really, really good. I think, I think it's Empty Slate. I think the only song, and again, I could eat my words, but I think the only song that you will not hear as an opener or is uh, I've Never Needed You Like This Before. I don't think you can, you know, I don't think you can open with that song again on this tour, but I think we're blank slating it. I think they won't, they, they're not going to care how many times they've played the other songs. It's been like a week and a half, man. Yeah, yeah, it's not like, uh, yeah. It's almost it's like we're starting again for, it's almost, you know, like we got a, it's too bad Tahoe's not gonna happen. I understand why it's not gonna happen. I just want everyone to be safe and okay. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, what do we got? Five more shows and, the, and this tour's done? Uh, let me see, well, we got Dick's run. So yeah. we've got- oh, six, six. So we have three at the Gorge and then three at Dick's, right? Uh, four. Oh, no, no, sorry, three at the Gorge, 28th, 27th, 28th, 29th. Yep. Funny, because it lists all the uh, videos, too. And then, yeah, Tahoe was supposed to be uh, the first. Yep. So you'll have the third, fourth, fifth. So six shows. Yeah. And then what have, what have they announced for fall? So fall uh, starts in, I think, mid-October. That's where they're doing the West yeah. Coast. Yeah. Um, fish, fall, see where, 2021. We've got for it. So right after Dick's on September 5th, that's the last show of the Fish Summer Tour. Tab starts up uh, 12 days later uh, uh, in Maine on September 17th. Yes, and you want to three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 shows right up into a two night run first weekend in October at Radio City. Mm -hmm. um, and then for fall, October 15th, starting in Sacramento. So you've got the 15th, 16th, 17th. The 16th and 17th are in San Fran, back-to-back -back nights. 19th and 20th um, in Eugene. I'm sure our friends will be there. Um, 
and then you got Phoenix, Chula Vista. So you pretty much go right up through until end of Halloween. Santa nice. before that. So you're talking the fall tour as it stands now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen shows. A baker's dozen run, if you will. We'll see how they do that. So yeah, I am sure the hype will start to get right for Halloween soon enough. Um, as we enter into September and, and we start to inch close to that, and that, and that tour starts. Uh, I'm excited for that tour. I think we're going to see, I mean, a lot of these venues are indoors. So hopefully again, they can happen with COVID because outdoor stuff seems to be a bit safer than indoors, but. Um, well, what if, um, well, I, I mean, I don't know all the details because you can take it in, in infinite directions, but what if the reason that they haven't played a lot of new songs is because they're going to do another Casbot box type of idea for Halloween, like where like they drop like a whole new album's worth of like songs. Sure. But is Fish the kind of band to do that again? I mean, they would do it differently, I'm sure. But yes. that concept of like coming up with like a, would they do that again, do you think? No, I don't think they would do like, hey, we're going to play as another band. They would have another way to work new music into it. You know, we ha we've had Sgt. Pepper's and now, uh, and now they have to, you know, I don't know what it's going to be, but I don't know. Like to, to think that like Trey Anastasia hasn't been writing music this whole time and like doesn't have like a ton of shit on the go all the time is ridiculous to me. It, it, it's, it would be, you know, the first time probably in his life where he's not writing music. So I don't know. Yeah. And, well, have, a, and, have, a, and have a, you know, a year and something hiatus with only having released one album and then you know forward for the people or whatever that song was um yeah it just doesn't sound doesn't sound like him so mm. i'll be honest with you when i think about halloween um i know i know for a fact i'm not watching that live i'm gonna be really really bummed out um my store has inventory on november the second and the two three days leading up to your inventory are like 12 to 15 16 hour days each day and I'm really, really bummed out. I'm going to have to find, I'll probably end up watching that the night, like on the second. I'm going to probably have to do my best to plug my ears and not know what happens. And I don't know how the hell I'm going to do that, but I'm going to probably have to watch that on a 48 hour delay. We'll buy those. Yeah, um, if it makes you feel any better, I just probably won't be able to stay up that late. So I'll probably be doing the same. Yeah. It's a Sunday night and Vegas time change for us is what? Two hours. I want to Three, say. I think. Three. It depends. And long. <laughs> Because we still have the stupid daylight savings, right? Mm. Mm. So, yeah. like, and I learned this the last time I was in Arizona on vacation with my family. You know, it was a two-hour delay, and I'm like, man, this doesn't seem right. And the reason that it was two is because we went in the fall, and there was daylight savings. Interesting. Okay. Well, either way, the fact that we can still listen to it, still see it in some form. Oh, so grateful, man. The fact that we're going to – we have our couch tour regime figured out is, is a lot to be grateful for. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's pretty great. I just wish the show stayed up longer. You know? Me too. Like not much longer, but like 12 hours longer. You oh, know? really? Oh, I'd, I'd like a full week to two weeks. Oh, yeah. You want to go a lot longer. Well, just because it's, it's a lot to take in. You know, it's a lot. There's only so much time. You're a busy guy. So This is one of those. I think this is one of those instances where I think transparency would be really nice because I don't. I don't know what the benefit of them not leaving the show up longer is. Like, I don't understand the reasoning behind it. It gives, it gives the people that, it gives you more time. I, I guess if you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing. But I'm sure they're trying to limit how much ends up on the web for people to just download and get for free. 
right? The longer it's up, the more opportunity you would have for somebody to get the software, to, to capture it, to save it. Of course, but here's my point. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. Yeah. But is that going to stop people from buying the next round? Right. Yeah, 100%. 100% agree with you. That's just not how people buy. Like you have to understand, you know, you're, you're now you're in the business of you're selling an experience here yeah. and people will always want the next experience. Yeah. Right. Like the fact that I bought DVDs and watched movies a hundred times doesn't stop me from watching new movies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's true. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the I have truth. a suggestion. <laughs> 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 The next time you guys play a gig and he's there, you should bring like a suggestion box, <laughs> put it on the front of the stage with his name on it or oh, something. Buddy, you know what I'm going to do? The next time I'm there, I'm going to be like, dad, any suggestions? <laughs> <laughs> uh, good for him. Yeah, I mean, what else would you expect from him though? Like that's, that's who he is. That's the kind of guy. It's, it's just. So it's interesting. Here's because here's what I pay attention to. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I think you just find it interesting. I paid attention to what parts, I didn't ask people, I just paid attention to what parts produced a reaction, like toe tapping or swinging, and like what, what parts produced boredom or conversation, mm. right? I don't want to ask people that because they'll lie. I want to see what actually produces a gut reaction from people. Yeah. Uh, and there's no doubt all the great bands do that. They look at their audience, they see the reaction. I mean, any performer, not just bands, comics, stage performers, they, in front of a live audience, they feed off that. I know, you know, David Bowie was not the guy, but the fish song was specifically written that Trey, Trey, Trey wanted to get people moving to, in a different way to a rhythm that was going to grab them, but be different from anything that they had danced to before. That was the whole point of that song. Mission accomplished because when you go back to that last dinner movie they, they showed the old one the old old school one when david bowie plays i think i commented on you it grabs everybody they can't help but dance and i think that's a great thing to be looking at if you're going to be performing in front of people and if you're looking to deliver that experience that's got to be your uh your sort of guiding star or your you know your reason i agree mm -hmm. well, cool i'm looking at checking out the equinox band yeah, well, I'm looking forward to checking out uh, Dogs in the Pile. They're loaded up right now. As I'm, as I'm writing you the notes, I'm going to hit play and see what I get. Who's this, sorry? Dogs in a Pile. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, lots to check out. I'll, uh, yeah, what else did he say? Uh, Digging Dirt is another good one. Funk You was a, was a band. Uh, he he recommends uh, Aaron's favorite album from 2020 uh, is... Leon the third, but it's not spelled the third. It's just one, 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 like yeah, yeah. Numeral three. Leon yeah. the third and the album is called Antlers and Velvet. You, so you don't spend, you're not on Instagram really at all. No. The, uh, the amount of music that those human beings share is like next level. Like when they were like, music is our life and this is all we do. Like that wasn't bullshit. Like not even in the slightest. Yeah. Like there are legitimate concerts that they go to. There's like not many people there. Yeah. yeah. And they're there and they're having a great time. It's awesome. Yeah. They're really su supportive of live music and the whole scene and the experience and um, giving those bands a platform to, you know, to talk on their show. And yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's a lifestyle that it's tough to 
it's tough to fully imagine being immersed in it in the way they are, but it's also, you look at it and go, it's fucking awesome that they've been able to do that and to cultivate that. Do you think, um, maybe this is a conversation for next time, but one of the things that I found interesting, so I think it's Amoeba Records in California has this um, uh, YouTube thing that they do, it's called What's In My Bag. And they bring an artist into their store, like, some really, really famous people like Henry Rollins, um, you know, and what they do is they, they have them shop in the store and then they talk about why they picked the stuff that they picked. So they had, uh, I never know how to pronounce the, the band name. It's a three-piece band. The bass player is a female. It's called like Karubin. Have you heard of them? No. They're, uh, it's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool sound. Um, they're from Houston. And one of the things that they did that I found really interesting, and I noticed more artists doing it, is they picked all music from Houston, like local stuff. Mm. Like it's almost more like it's, it's, it's this industry is becoming less, don't get me wrong, there's still like Justin Bieber and, and, and Billie Eilish and that stuff will always exist. But it seems like at least the stuff that I'm listening to, there's a big push for more like local, live real let's get out and check out a band you know versus these fabricated kind of i don't want to use fabricated because i'm so grateful for the technology but like online stuff and like recorded stuff yeah yeah well that's interesting i mean i'm unaware of that because again i don't uh i don't consume a lot of my time with, with that sort of stuff but you know there's definitely i think it goes beyond music i think there's more a movement in community that's why i'm asking that's right I'm asking. yeah i i think there's and again, I don't have any good data to back it up. It's just anecdotally, but um, I think there's a really, we're in a time and a place where the competition element, I think is going away when it comes to arts and the creative arts. More and more like podcasters are supporting podcasters. Musicians are supporting musicians. It's just, there's this way, there's this thinking of we can all win if we help each other out. And yeah, I've okay. seen that in the woodworking community, like, like, like that's when I was sort of in for it. I really got into that. And when I kind of got into social media, I was starting to that. So a lot of people I started following in the early days on Instagram were woodworkers and home crafters and that kind of thing. We're doing a lot of that stuff. And I would follow groups independently. And then over the course of like a year or two years, see them hooking up online and helping each other and building that community up to support one mm -hmm. another. Because, you know, it doesn't, I don't have to be successful and you have to be unsuccessful in order for that to happen. We can both do it. And I think that's a way going forward for people in general. I think it's a way to move forward in the workplace. You know, you're competing for promotions and different things, but there's room for everybody at the table. It doesn't have to be a competition. Now, here's my, here's my future pacing question. And again, I'm going to try my best to be as apolitical as possible. And yes, this is the longest podcast we've ever done. You didn't even check your watch for that. So oh, I just got a buzz. That's all. But uh, so we politically now we're, in a way, you know, we're driving, we're driving people to stay local and, and we're driving segregation, right? We're saying that if you haven't done certain things, you're not allowed access to certain things anymore. Mm. So I don't know. I think we might see more and more people rely on, on local movements than, you know, having to, to travel across the country to see somebody. Yeah, fair enough. Right. I'm just like, I don't know. I, I don't know how long or how far it's going to go, but I mean, you know, if, if you prevent people from, from moving, then they're just going to, to, to take that time, energy and money and spend it where they are. Yeah. I'll find alternative ways. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think time is going to tell. There's no doubt. I mean, this pandemic has impacted every aspect of life. And some of these changes are going to be permanent. Some of them will evolve and keep changing. And it's one that remains to be seen. I, I, and we're not even close. Like we're not, there's no signaling that we're even close to being, at least the rules around it are close to being over. So, it, you know, the, the divide will be greater and greater as time goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not the most optimistic thing, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on because it is going to change things. It is going to change how people, yeah. I mean, even in my business, in the retail world, the way people are spending their money in the past year and a half has shifted and changed. Right? People aren't people aren't traveling and, and they'll spend their money on different different things because they're not making those trips and you know but they still want to spend that money. It's still in their bank account and burning a hole in their pocket. Right? They don't want to save it. So yeah. yeah, I think you know it we're at a very interesting time and a crazy time. I mean, I mean you can you can make a laundry list of all the shit that's going on in the world that's distracting from the good. It sucks, but you know, just gotta keep positive and be thankful that we have fish. We have these shows and we have I agree. Other to, you know, to get through it and to, and to listen to Sea of Stars and, and escape for those few moments and put yourself in the shoes of the people that were there that night. And how great that was, you know, that's what it's all about. So that's a fitting circle, man. That's a fitting circle to close everything. There you go. All right, brother. Well, have a great week, everyone. We'll be chatting with you soon. And uh, yeah, Gorge, Gorge coming up. Hopefully we can stay up late enough, but um that always delivers. I think anytime a band plays in that venue, it can't help but be, be, be inspiring. And I know everybody is excited to go. So bring the energy, bring the thunder. And I know uh, fish will continue. Like one thing I'll leave you with, I, um, cause you weren't there, you had gone and our listeners will hear this when we drop the interview. But when Aaron from No Simple Road was recapping Hershey, now, again, you just said, these guys go to shows. They've been to a lot of shows. We didn't get into his dead show number. It's, it's, it's in the hundreds. He said at Hershey, that was the most amount of energy he's ever seen come off of a stage, ever. Yeah, he remember he told the story about where the clouds got blown back. Yeah, man, the, that first tube opener, holy shit. Um, as I'm going back around through that leg, I'm excited to come to that. Like, I like being surprised and not knowing what happens, but sometimes knowing what happens can be just as good, right? That oh, buddy, is that, that easily, easily, easily the first leg op- best opener, easily. Oh, not even close. Anyway, looking forward to that. Lots to look forward to. Have a great week. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.